Mom and Dad. I've been at a sleepaway camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared. On tonight's episode of Horror on the Rocks, Frank and Joe debate awesomely bad horror films and review the 1983 movie Sleepaway Camp. Welcome, Horror on the Rocks, episode four. Four, we made it. We did episode Quattro. You made it with us. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, Frank, horror, you doing? I'm doing horrible because it's (laughs) November and it's it's as far away from Halloween as we can possibly get. Which means I have eleven more months before anybody but you will talk to horror movie talk about horror movies. Yeah. But uh, other than that, doing all right. How about you? Good, good. Yeah. I'm ready to rock. I actually love November because I love Thanksgiving. So yeah, I do too. Um, I'm feeling okay about it. But how was your Halloween? Uh, it was good. It was a yeah. lot of fun. I was a Ghostbuster. Okay. Um, how about yours? Uh, twas also good. Yeah. I saw you. Yes, um, indeed. The weekend before Halloween. Yeah. Um, and I loved hearing about all the people listening to our. Rosemary's Baby episode that was released on Halloween. So yeah, I hope you guys liked that one. That one was uh, I don't know, probably more research than any other movie went into that episode. Yeah, yeah, we did quite a bit yeah. of work, but we have a fun one in store for everyone today. Yeah, um, so tonight we're gonna do we're gonna review uh, Sleepaway Camp, and because uh, Joe and I both feel that Sleepaway Camp is one of those movies that is good. Almost because of how bad it is. And there's some parts about it that I really like, but at the end of the day, it's a movie that you have to kind of laugh at a little bit to get, I think, the most uh, enjoyment that there is to get out of it. Yeah, I think it's a polarizing movie in so many ways, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be a fun one to dive into. But before we get into that, tell me what you're drinking today. Oh, yes. And cheers, by the way. Cheers. Boom. Yep. This evening, I am drinking a glass of a small batch Irish whiskey called The Irishman. Uh, Shout out to my good friend Ryan who gave me this as a housewarming gift. Um, It's delicious. If you like Jameson, I would highly recommend it because it's kind of just like a really, really good Jameson. Has that uh, smoky Irish flavor, but uh, it's really smooth. What about you? What are you drinking? I'm drinking a New Belgium Fat Tire Belgian Style Ale. Um, This has been sitting in the fridge for a little while. And this is what happens when you don't plan ahead on a <laughs> cocktail for the podcast. So yeah, I was I th- like, let me see what I have in the fridge. This is what I have, and it's hitting the spot. So, <laughs> Yeah, I thought we were only going to abandon the uh, On the Rocks theme for one episode because we had such an aptly named beer to drink. Yeah, I clearly gave up on that very <laughs> quickly and easily. So yeah. maybe I'll get back into the rocks soon. Yeah. But, uh, so like we mentioned, the movie is Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. So given what we said about the movie, how some view it, as being so bad that it's good. Yeah. I want to talk to you about other movies, horror movies that are awesomely awful. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to start off the list? Sure. Um, so I, I guess, uh, I always end up with some sort of caveat for our list, but I guess this is, I'm not saying these are the most awesomely bad or the all time awesomely bad. These are just three particularly awesomely bad movies that I like. Um, so the first one is really terrible and very funny to laugh at, not with, and that's house of the dead. Okay. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie. Have you? Haven't seen it. Heard of it. Yeah. That's all I got. It's, um, they, they start off with a real strong, um, source material, a video game, uh, for the, for the plot of this movie. And it is just, um, the video game, you know, they're, they're shooting zombies in this house of the dead and the movie is very barely more developed than that synopsis there's a stripper in it who wears like an american flag unitard the entire movie her name's liberty Um, at one point they 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 like face the villain at the end of the movie and they ask him why do you want to be immortal and his answer is so he could live forever 
So uh-huh. it's just real. The writing sounds top notch. Absolutely. What happens to Liberty, which was also my backup Halloween costume for this year. <laughs> I ended up going as a banana instead, yes, but yes. Liberty was a close second. I think Liberty makes it to the end and dies. I can't remember if she meets her fate or not. She might survive. Okay. But uh, she definitely makes it late in the movie. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta keep the skin around to uh, keep the audience <laughs> interested when neither the plot or the dialogue are yeah. gonna do it. <laughs> well, I probably will not be seeing that one, but yeah. it does sound so bad that it could be good in a sense. Yeah. Um, so the first one that I have on my list is The Grudge. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I put it on my list because there are some really good things about it, but overall, the movie makes no sense. I'm just like, what is this movie about? Yeah. And I kind of get it, but it's a struggle, and it's just doesn't, again, fully make sense. Uh-huh. And, again, it does certain things right. Like, the cast is quite on point. Yeah. There are some There's scary... a couple good jump scares in it, if I remember. Yeah, but it was just not really coming all together, I feel like. So, um, that is... Um, that's number one. Yeah, see, um, I don't know if, for me, if the grudge crosses the line from, like, awesome to or like from bad to so bad that it's good yeah i think for me that movie just kind of stays in bad it stays in, wow so there's like no, well, nothing redeeming or i guess good about when it. i think of movies that are like so bad they're good it's because like the the badness of them becomes entertaining and yeah. i don't know if that movie does that for me yeah um okay uh for my second pick this one may catch some flack from people that are bigger horror movie fans than us but i think it absolutely belongs on the list is the evil dead the original one. Have you oh, ever seen it? Yeah. It is just so campy. I mean... Yeah, this... but I think that's just so good. That's what's so good about it. So you think it's so bad that it's good. I mean, it is the definition of like a B-quality, C-quality horror movie. The 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 zombie makeup in that movie yeah. looks like you could make it with stuff you'd buy at Spirit Halloween. <laughs> like, it's just... It is just low budget. The dialogue is kind of cheeky and uh-huh. corny. The zombie effect... Like, these people don't look dead. They just look like they have face paint on. Yeah. Um, but it is like... I think... I don't know. I think it's a movie that you laugh at parts that maybe they didn't really design to be mm-hmm. funny. And that becomes part of what makes the movie fun. So that's why I put them in kind of the... the awesomely bad so bad they're good category yeah yeah the production value is pretty yeah low yeah i guess <laughs> it'd be one. easy to just kind of go all really low budget movies and do that but that yeah. one's like especially corny kind of silly and yeah. the later evil deads really kind of play that up that's the remake it... i think that you talked about the last episode or so <laughs> or... well no the remake is legit scary like okay. the, the, I thought they, that's what I thought was so good about that remake is they it's took totally this premise different. that I think is scary, but instead of like making it campy and making the dialogue corny, they do a gender swap for the main character. It's a girl in the, in the remake mm-hmm. and it's the special effects are really good. So it's, I think it's very scary. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so number two be evil dead. Number two for me is this movie called one missed call. One now missed call. it's the American version. I believe it's originally a Japanese movie. I'm sure the original is far superior because some of those Japanese horror films are really messed up and scary. Yeah. This one, though, is the U.S. version. It was pretty terrible. You get a phone call. It's actually a pretty scary concept. So you get a phone call and you hear yourself dying. So, oh, and it, like, yeah. and it takes place I... in, the, in the phone calls from the future. So you're like, oh my gosh, this is what's going on is this you know how i meet my maker? did this come out pretty recently like past 10 years yeah i would say so yeah um, I, I feel like i've seen bits and edward pieces burns of it. is in it so edward like they they got really? some you know fairly big names to be in this movie but yeah. i wanted to like it but it was just bad it was just so bad in terms of just the story the characters you don't care about <laughs> it was just dumb and i really wanted to like it so um and but you know did what? you enjoy it I think I enjoyed parts of it. As I was just describing it, I was like, wait, is this just a, is this just a bad movie? Yeah, I don't... I was like, where's this part that it's so bad that it makes it so fun for I you? may not be following the instructions very well for the point of this list. Okay. It's just bad. No, I mean, there's some decent parts of it. I have yet to determine what the good parts are, but it's pretty bad. All right. Well, the my last movie, I think, is a really good example of what I think, like, is an uh, so bad that it's a good movie, and that's Jason X, which is the <laughs> that's the space one. Yes, yeah. ja- basically Jason goes to space. Yeah. Um, it's the tenth <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth movie. It takes place like 
500 years in the future where like Jason Voorhees is being kept I think like in some sort of re- like research lab mm-hmm. and the ship goes and the, the ship that's flying around space because the planet is no longer inhabitable lands and find him and they bring him onto the ship right, to cause... do like an autopsy maybe and then he's just running around the space station killing people with a machete of course because like I, I love it. I, I think they started with the name and then worked back, or they started with the concept of Jason going to space and then just worked backwards to yeah. dr- write the plot around it. And it's so silly and there's kills and it's it's just one of those like total junk food horror movies yeah. that I think is, uh, is, is awesomely bad. You don't see too many of those slasher movies taking place in space. So, no, um, no. That's and, new and yeah. you know, give that, that to them. <laughs> a little creative. Yeah. All right, so I think this one is actually the biggest one on the list in terms of being just awesomely awful. It's this movie called Zombievers. Have you seen I've Zombievers? I've heard of Zombievers. Have not seen you it. You have not seen Zombievers, Frank? No. Okay. What, what are you can doing you give me with a your loose time? plot of Zombievers? I mean, is that even possible? It's such a developed, <laughs> thorough plot. No, I mean, the title kind of speaks for itself. So these zombie beavers essentially are running amok. And this group of, you know, teenagers or college students, rather, they go spend this weekend in the lake house and then things go wrong. So these zombie beavers, zombievers for short, attack, you know, the, the folks. And it's actually meant to be more of a, like a horror comedy, but it is just so awful. It's like a seamless horror movie on Netflix. So, yeah. but given that, it's kind of enjoyable because it's so outlandish you're like you know what i just gotta laugh at this so there are are some redeeming parts are the beavers like cgi or are they like animatronic i Uh, think they're animatronic i don't know if they could have afforded cgi nothing nothing (laughs) says awesomely bad like some animatronics (laughs) yeah so i guess uh those are our lists yeah like there is one thing about like doing a podcast just about horror movies is like there is no shortage of horror movies that are so campy that they become entertaining. So this is this is no in no way like a uh, an exhaustive list of the awesomely bad yeah. horror movies out there. And it's one of those things we'll probably think of some great contenders after we record yeah. this. So let us know what your most awesomely awful horror movies yeah. are. So leave us a comment or something on our insta page i'm curious to hear what you all think or just some awesomely awful movies that maybe we overlooked and speaking of awesomely awful horror movies that brings us to tonight's review (sighs) of 1983 1983's sleepaway camp could not have done a better segue this movie (laughs) frank so i never heard of this movie until you mentioned it to me never even Uh, heard of it never heard of it wow and uh all i knew though is that or was that there is this surprise twist ending? <laughs> That's all I kind of knew going into it. Knew sort of that it took place at a camp, given yeah. you know what the title is. But yeah, so I went in kind of cold. I've seen this movie a couple times. I actually own. I don't own a copy on DVD, but my better half uh, has a copy on DVD. So I've seen it a couple times, and uh, it's. <laughs> I think every time you watch it, it gets weirder. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because I. The first time I watched this, there was just so much that's hard to pick up on. Like, wait, who are these people? How do they know each other? How are they related? And you see it a couple more times. You go, first of all, that's not a whole lot clearer. Second of all, why is some of the things in this movie happening? It's just absolute yeah, nonsense. There are a lot of issues with this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's problematic yeah. on a lot of levels. Yeah. There's some really funny, interesting stuff going yeah. on. And then you have some real messed up stuff. So yeah. let's uh, dive into it. Yeah, so the movie opens with this scene on a boat. And you can tell me how much you actually got watching this for the first time yeah. or how much you figured out like later on in the movie. But basically, we see a dad and two kids, a son and a daughter, on this like very small unstable sailboat that they end up capsizing and then they're just hanging out next to it while off in the distance on the lake there are a couple of kids being reckless and water skiing and of course the kid who's running the boat is convinced by the girl in the bikini to let her drive the boat uh she fails to pay attention to as she gets very close to shore so oblivious to her surroundings (laughs) i mean it's kind of shocking because 
it doesn't seem like they're that hard to spot. Yeah. His father and the two kids, you know, in their boat. Yeah. Also, never mind the fact that it where the boat is positioned by the shoreline and the angle the boat is coming in. So, spoiler, the boat crushes through the uh, crushes through the boat and the small family, killing the dad and one of the kids. Right. But the boat is then floating in the water after. If that really happened at, like, the angles that they film it, the boat would be, like, 30 yards onto the beach. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just, it doesn't make any so it really sets that's how the movie is set up yeah um and then we fast forward to eight years from that incident yes where there's this girl angela who lives with uh her cousin ricky and yeah. ricky's mom so angela's aunt aunt margaret who is aunt margaret is oh my god probably the best part of this movie for me she is so kooky and so ridiculous i didn't know what I was watching. I was like, who is this lady? Yeah. She's so out there and who has strange kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, like doll makeup on. Her yeah. face just looks weird and she's got a weird hat on. And she talks like this. Yeah. And everything she says is like she's gonna sing the monster mash. Like <laughs> yeah. it is so bizarre. She'll like lose focus and kind of have almost a conversation with herself slash someone else. Uh-huh. And then she'll, like, be brought back to reality. She's apparently a doctor, though I don't yeah. know if she just thinks she's a doctor. Yes. And, is and, actually and a we doctor. learn that she's a doctor because she weirdly, I don't know if you caught this, tells the kids, oh, I've taken care of your physicals for camp. Yes. And then has her own sort of monologue about what a weird thing that is to do. Yeah. To, like, do your own kid and your n- niece's uh, the physical is to go to summer camp. Yeah. And I didn't think much of it at the time until I reflected thoughtfully after the <laughs> yeah. movie. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. It's that almost unbelievable. Sense. So the two kids that we get are, are Rick or Ricky, Ricky, who is Aunt Margaret's son, and Angela, uh, the, the cousin niece who lives with them. It's almost unbelievable that Ricky's like a pretty normal kid growing up with uh, that being the only parent in his household, as we'll later find out. Yeah. Go ahead. So Angela is... Um, so the viewers made to believe that Angela is the child, I guess. Yeah, that, that survived the boat survived accident. Survived boating accident. Yeah. She doesn't speak. She's clearly traumatized by this event. Yeah. Doesn't really socialize. Um, but the aunt sends off Ricky and Angela to this summer camp. Ricky attended this camp last year. He seems fairly excited about it because he's going to see Judy, yeah. the, the lover that he had. Man, he's very well, excited to see Judy, and she could not give less of a no. shit about him. <laughs> so Judy is just this queen bee, nasty girl who just is <laughs> yeah. kind of the bully. She wears a shirt that has her name, her name on, it. on it. In case you forgot what her name is. Yeah. She's a little promiscuous. She's, you know, eyeing all the boys. Yeah. She wants nothing to do with Ricky. I guess Ricky's like old news. That's her flame from last year. Yeah. She's clearly like way more developed, you know, yeah. physically. There, yeah, there's him. dialogue about that. She does seem to be drawing the eye of the older campers, the, the kids that are either counselors or almost yeah. old enough to be counselors. And this is like a quintessential like 80 summer yeah. sleepaway camp like the movie is so dated and or like reminiscent of that era yeah. and, you know but um, i mean it was now a good time to talk about just the wardrobe of the the campers in general in this movie yeah but before we do that <laughs> okay. i just want to mention one thing so as all the campers are getting off the bus and you know buses and they're running in all excitedly you see the, the cook the camp cook oh this is so gross dude this part was so skeevy yeah. and so ridiculous so the cook who's meant to be this you know really unlikable character he's commenting on like how young you know the girl campers are and how he's like into that and he's like interested in them he says something like there's all this fresh meat and another one of the cooks who is really almost uh like complicit in a child molestation that almost happened to walk in later but anyway he's like oh man like they're kids or something like that or they're young and then the creepy chef says there's no such thing as being too young you're just too old yeah and then the the other chef just kind of like laughs it off like oh he dismisses it like it's nothing yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's like the first warning sign this movie with like the adults something strange bizarre terrible adult yeah. in this movie but i think it's very clear out of the gate he's either gonna be the murderer or he's gonna get yeah murdered. like you that shit is super obvious so R- uh, ricky's not getting any attention from judy who it sounds like he was genuinely excited about to like see because they were friends and they had all these good times but she's you know little miss uh 
interested in older men and, yeah, and interested, really just interested in home wrecking but that's later yeah so they go to the mess hall angela's not eating we start to realize that like angela is just people are going to make fun of her there's a scene in the cabin where we meet camp counselor meg who is a real hard ass oh my favorite line of meg <laughs> or from meg is the name is meg and then she proceeds to spell it out m-e-g, M-E-G. dude your name is three letters like, like was that necessary like did you think we thought it was m-e-j unless you like, had some like special <laughs> spelling for just the nickname meg. i know like megan spelled in yeah. different ways but but thank you meg anyway yeah, for breaking this isn't down. like yeah th- these kids are of normal intelligence i don't yeah. think you need to spell meg and to meg them. and judy are kind of in cahoots together they're both sort of mean girls yeah uh, meg- but we give a camp counselor Susie, Susie, or the- as meg calls her the complaints <laughs> department um, <laughs> does she yeah she's like if you, if you have any you know complaints the complaint department's over here and Susie's like hi so we have this foil and Susie's yeah. the camp counselor with yeah. the heart of gold she's really understanding she yeah. seems to be trying to you know reach out to um, Angela make Angela feel comfortable Meg though is not a fan of Angela because Angela does not really speak to anyone when she's spoken to yeah. um, and then there's that scene in the dining yeah, hall so they're in the dining hall and Angela's not eating and it, we start to realize very quickly that a- Angela, from the good characters in the movie, they all like care about Angela and wonder if Angela's okay because Angela's not speaking and Angela's not participating in activities. Yeah. So we get this uh, camp counselor who is yoked. He is like the most juiced up, roided guy. Like he's in a tank top later in this movie, yeah. and it looks like the veins are gonna explode out of his arm. His clothing gets <laughs> like smaller and smaller, tighter and, and, and less and less. Yeah, which is also a recurring thing with a lot of the men in this movie. It's yeah. a very kind of homoerotic movie. You yeah. get that vibe. There's also, three crop tops. I've never seen more dudes in crop tops in my life. <laughs> so never. apparently, it was a thing. Like that short dudes though? did like. Broing out with the bros, yeah. wear crop ties. Which is so funny because uh, yeah. you just don't see that wow. nowadays. Yeah. Like, like, like bro-y dudes rocking crop tops. Yeah. At one point, like they're, they're at the baseball game. This is later. But the somebody's wearing a crop top and then another guy's wearing a USC shirt yeah. that's not actually a crop top. It's like a children's shirt, but it's like crop top <laughs> length on them. Like it's not cut off at the bottom. And you're yeah. just like, what are the, everybody's got the shortest shorts possible. Well, that's the thing. It's not just the tops. Yeah. The bottoms are just like bikini bottoms. Yeah. Like it is real revealing. Yeah, like, you know, I'm I have like, longer boxers in my dress Yeah, I mean the yeah. dress code at this camp is real lax. I yeah. guess. So <laughs> anyway, the juiced up camp counselor uh, realizes that Angela is not eating lunch and goes, you know what? Let's go to the kitchen and see if we can't find something to eat. Where we where we see the creepy chef, and then she crosses paths. With yeah, the and he's like uh, the pedophile. And then the chef. the the buff counselors like, I'm just gonna leave you with Chef Creepster to yeah. go check out what's what's in the walk in. So he takes her into the walk in and starts like undoing his belt in yeah. front of her. It's just like, oh my god, so uncomfortable. And then. Ricky, Ricky, the cousin, who, by the way, is just such a devoted, caring, protective cousin. He has Angela's back every time. He will curse out anyone. He will threaten to kick someone's butt to, like, defend Angela. He's, like, a really understanding cousin. He swoops in in time, luckily, um, and manages to get Angela out of that yeah. really unfortunate or uncomfortable situation. And then, like, doesn't the, the owner of the camp, who's obviously, he first of all, he hired Chef Creepy and then tries to cover up four murders over the course of the movie. Yeah, but he's a real he, chef. He's like, what's going on here? And they're like, nothing. And the other chef, the, the chef who kind of laughed off that there's no such thing as too young joke, is just there. Yeah. Like, he... Where are these people's like common sense um, and like camp, moral compass? Camp on... chefs are not getting a good <laughs> uh, representation. Yeah. Not being represented well in this movie. Yeah. But yeah, the owner of the camp, mind you, is this like I don't know, sixty, seven year old dude, yeah. always smoking a cigar, like unbuttoned mm. shirt, chest hair popping out, hitting on Meg, the teen counselor. <sighs> There's a lot of just skeeviness in this movie. And I guess maybe that's intentional to a certain degree because the characters that are sort of uh, immoral or who are just, you know, committing um, some sorts of transgressions are uh, targeted by this killer. So at this summer camp, there's a killer who is offing these people 
Um, so the chef is the first victim. Yeah, and what do you think a, of that death scene? I, so first of all, is it even a death scene? Because he does survive. Oh, he's he just does. like terribly maimed. Yeah. Um, they love to linger, by the way. Yeah. Like as his, so his face gets burned. So he uh, what, yeah. Like so he's of, over his chili pot. Which again, he's even creepy with the chili pot. He says like at a girl to a, at one point. He does like, address oh, the pot of boiling water as he, female. Yeah. Like why? Oh my god! Where everything he does is so creepy. Yeah. Anyways, leaning over the pot is when we see the kind of the first of four or five shots in the movie where it's like a first person view of like someone looking and we never we don't end up knowing who this person is even though later in the movie when people are getting killed they talk to the character always saying things like oh it's you or i can't believe it's you but anyway this person walks up pushes the chef over the big chili pot so he's like hanging on the shelf and then very slowly very dramatically multiple cuts eventually pulls the chair out from under him he plunges into the chili pot and we get this close-up of his face just boiled over and blistered the blisters are actually like pulsating a little bit yeah you see the evolution uh, of, of the, the blisters burn. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's interesting is that from the killer's point of view you see these little hands so it, it already kind of hints yeah, that yeah. this killer is likely one of the kids maybe not but like possibly mm. um so that's the first victim and though doesn't seem like he dies it is yeah. a pretty graphic but uh, then the, of course so, the the camp owner just kind of convinces the other chef and the cops like oh it's an accident right it's yeah a, it was, it's, it's obviously an accident it had yeah. to be an accident yeah. just like straight up just covering up whatever's going on here and then the other complicit chef who overheard the victim chef yeah make those comments about younger girls is like oh, okay um I'll, you know, he, or the, the complicit chef gets offered, like, the head chef job, so he's like, okay, sure, I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. By the way, the actor that plays that chef, whose name is Ben in the movie, that is James Earl Jones's father, Robert what? Earl Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, um, fun little fact for you. <laughs> Number one, I'll have a few more sprinkled in throughout okay. this podcast. Okay, all right. Uh, so that's the first scene. Or yeah, first and then they, scene. I think later, it's either that night or the next day, they go to a mixer where we really start to get a feel for her, just how antisocial Angela is. And yeah, but this boy takes a liking to her. Yeah, Paul, who is like, okay, he does later in the movie like try to take her top off when she's not ready. But like, yeah, there are some consent issues. Yeah, with there, him, there's, but, but overall, kind of a good yeah. guy. Yeah, he is, or and at like, least a, a normal, maybe thirteen year old in nineteen eighty three. Yeah, like, um, and so he expresses some interest in Angela, kind of talking to her at the social. Yeah, um, she finally says something. She, she responds, and Judy's watching from afar, and she's all yeah, like. And a, She's all like yeah. Madame Defarge, like plotting. Did you get that reference? No. <laughs> Who is that? Tale of Two Cities. No. It's like the. I've um, read like three books. It's I, don't, the, I don't have any okay. idea. <laughs> Charles Dickens? Is that what you're uh, talking about? Tale of Two Cities was. Charles um, Dickens. Yeah. Oh, man. Cut this part. So I'm married to an English teacher, and uh, this, he, oh, he would uh, not let me live this down. <laughs> yeah, it's Dickens. But pretty yeah. much, there's a bunch of death scenes that follow. Um, yeah, and the um, next one is right after the the right after the function. Yeah. All the camp counselors go to the lake, and we see like two of the boys that are kind of rude to Angela before Paul kind of and that's in his what happens. To her. It's they're people s- that they're smoking a joint, yeah, and then they appear to be drunk off the joint though. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's silly, and then they. One of them goes out on a canoe with uh, one of the girls, and he's messing around and capsizes the canoe. The girl swims back to shore, and suddenly up pops in the canoe the back of a head with dark hair. Yeah. Um, the boy recognizes her clearly, and then the, or recognizes the figure clearly, and then the whoever pops up in the boat pushes him under the water yeah and all of the friends decide to just leave this capsized boat on the water that their friend was underneath yeah no no regard for like hey maybe maybe we should check and make sure our friend comes they up explain from it away drowning. like he's just under there or something or like yeah. messing around but i don't know like maybe it's worth checking out if a yeah. boat is capsized but yeah so that's just sort of the pattern you see here though is and, that uh, all the next, the next morning, uh, the the another camp counselor finds him. Oh, the lifeguard yeah, who was just so super cranky. About he is to clean up. He is that guy <laughs> that does not want this job. Does not want to be there. Well, no. he's just really having a tough time because maybe he's complained and things aren't being addressed. <laughs> but he hates that these chairs are like misplaced or something. Yeah. So he's like moving the chairs here and there, and all of a sudden you see he flips over the, the canoe, boy, the body of the boy that was you know drowned. Yeah. Somehow also, though he's also like good makeup on that body. He's too. all like bloodied up. It's though. A little it's a little more i don't think about i'm no mortician but i don't think a body would be that de, like decomposed after just like 
eight hours, six hours in a lake. But uh, it is kind of yeah. jarring how, like, I mean, messed up the, the body of the boy is. But if morticians and, think otherwise, let us know. Yes, we're happy we to hear. We're all here. Uh, but, and then camp owners? Oh, must be a mistake. It's <laughs> just another accident. Accident number two. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. This camp, like, yeah. you got some issues on your hands. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so really people are being targeted that are rude to Angela. Yeah. So the next victim is this bully who loves rocking the short shorts and a crop top. His yeah. name is Billy, I believe. And Billy is actually on a roof at one scene with his boys. And they're, like, chucking water balloons at poor <sighs> Angela. <laughs> who's it's, like it's on so the gr- dangerous like <laughs> it's just so stupid yeah, yeah. and they're just like laughing it off like ha 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 so anyway billy is um th- his death scene's pretty epic though where i'm sorry oh, which one is that billy so billy goes to the stall he needs to go number two in the stall oh yes the, so he's staying in the stall there's a window behind him and the killer who i thought was so creative in this scene i mean there's so many ways you can off someone yeah. The killer drops a beehive yeah. on Billy. But first she, like, broom handles the door yes. so he can't get out. And then the, the, like, outhouse that they're in has, like, netting. So she cuts the netting and, and drops, drops the... Drops a freaking beehive. Yeah. And the bees just go at him. Now, yeah. he could potentially just crawl underneath the stall door. But, yeah. you know, I guess in the moment <laughs> and then again they kind of hit it hard with the special effects on his body too because he's like they show his like arm and kind of head and he's got these nasty swollen like pussy, yeah. bleedy beer uh bee stings yeah and uh it's and again uh the camp owner is not like concerned he's just like pissed that people are dying at his camp and yeah. he might not be able to have a camp anymore yeah like, his first priority is not like it, the safety of these children yeah, who are liability, in my care, like I, no, yeah, just goddamn, these kids are hurting my business. Yeah, he's a creep. Yeah. Um, and over the same sort of time, we see Paul and Angela hit it off more and more, and Judy get more and more jealous. Meanwhile, Ricky would like to hang out with Judy. Second of all, she's always hanging out. Like whenever she's leering at Paul and Angela, it's always with like two older boys that are like, like staring her down, like. And and she's very like hamming up this promiscuous like persona, and and there would be plenty of people to give her attention for that sort of behavior. But she just cares that Paul is interested in yeah, Angela. She wants the attention. She wants to sabotage Angela because she hates Angela slash is jealous of her. I guess to some degree. And and right around this point in the movie is where we have our first of two major flashbacks to something that appears to have nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Angela agree to meet on the beach at night and hang out, and there's this kind of playful flirtation, and then this is the only part in the movie, or maybe at least the first part in the movie, where Paul kind of oversteps a boundary, because he's very kind of... Angela's obviously very shy, and I, I don't know. He's kind of gentle with her like he's not pushy the way these other boys are he's not mean the way the girls yeah, he's patient. are he's, he's actually patient with her. He's, he's friendly he's kind to her but he does you know they end up on the beach and he tries to unbutton her shirt and she says no yeah and then and he proceeds and he proceeds and then this flashback happens frank what was going on I, with so for the folks that haven't seen this movie the flashbacks in this movie are they look like the Prince skits from Chappelle's show. Like, it's just people <laughs> with, like, one piece of furniture surrounded by darkness and fog. Yeah. And we see two men, uh, apparently... The kind father. Of the father and another man kind of pre-coitus, shirtless, And that the other, the other guy that they're, the dad is with is the guy from the opening scene in the movie. You remember oh, the opening? Like, come, come in, come in. So it's the opening to... scene, like we mentioned, the father's oh. with the two kids in the in the lake, and there's this other dude on the, like, the, the bank who's sort of just lingering, not really sure who he is. You think maybe he's a family friend. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but that guy is with the father yeah. in this in this flashback sequence. So we get that Angela's father's gay. Yeah. Then immediately after that, while, while they're kind of in bed cuddling, whatever the, the, it, the boy and the girl from the first scene on the boat are standing in the doorway, laughing at them. Then it cuts to a scene of them where they're sitting in a bed, facing each other, not moving. The boy is pointing to the girl. He's not moving his arm. He's not speaking. And the bed is slowly spinning around. 
And you're just like, what is the point of this? What's trying to be, what's yeah. trying to, what are they trying to get across I here? Mean, what did you think was going on? So I think it's like somehow like supposed to be connected to the twist. The, okay, so what is the twist? Let's just get to it. Yeah, Spoiler so alert. Where we get to is that basically Angela is the killer, which ends up making sense because everybody yeah. that gets killed are people that are mean to her. Right. But what <laughs> seems but... to have no really common sense meaning is that Angela is actually a boy. Angela is not, yeah, yeah, a girl. because she wasn't, I, she wasn't born female. What we what we end up getting is that while we were all led to believe that the son died in the boating accident, it was really the daughter. And when this crazy aunt adopts aunt <laughs> adopts this son. He renames her Angela and raises her as a girl. And because the Aunt, Aunt Margaret was like, I've always wanted a boy. I'm sorry, I've always wanted a girl. Now's my chance. And decides on her own to raise Peter the boy as Angela. Yeah. And like, I. And that's the big twist. The folks. only two flashbacks in the movie are the scene where Angela's adopted by the aunt and she tells him. I'm going to make you a girl. I'm going to make you Angela. And the weird, we find out that that is gay scene. So it, it would seem that the filmmakers trying to like connect those and say that like there's some sort of relation back to that flashback memory. But as far as we know, the, the whole kind of gender swap thing is something that's forced on by the aunt. Like there's no discussion of like yeah. Angela being aware and having thoughts about the fact that she's essentially a transgender person. Like, you know, she doesn't, there's no there's no later in the movie yeah. where they kind of get to that. It seems like something that's being completely forced on by the aunt. So this scene with, her, like, finding out her dad's gay, it, I, I don't even know what they're trying to do there. Yeah. Like, and I don't even know if he's gay in the movie, but she just, like, sees him in bed with this dude. But, yeah, it's, like, the connection between that and then, like, what? it's just really... It's just very foggy. Like, what's sort of the purpose of that? And there's different ways you can read into it, but at the same time, it's like, what was the point it of this? It doesn't there's make no, any sense. There's no explanation. The, the big there's, thing that comes out of it, at least as you're watching the movie, is she has this flashback. Okay, so she sees her dad in bed with another man. Her and her brother are pointing at each other as they sit in bed in silence. And then she kind of comes to and swats away Paul because Paul's trying to put the moves on her on the beach. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she, she gets out of there. And that's kind of the end of her making out with Paul. It's not... It's... It, it makes no sense. It, it's just completely nonsense. And I don't know what the intent, I don't know what they could possibly trying to connect it to because they don't build any of those other plot pieces yeah. that would seem to do that if that was what they're trying to do. And that's one of the issues with this movie for me. So, you know, the big twist, like we mentioned, is what it is. But there's really no explanation or reason as to why Angela does what she does. Like, they, yeah. they, Okay, so we find out that, yeah, so Angela was born a male, is being raised as a female. But they don't really connect that to why she's killing people. Like, yeah. I could see that causing one to be confused, some trauma, whatever the case may be. But then it's just like, there's this reveal at the end. You see yeah. that Angela, and they actually... Yeah, which, by the way, is so weird. So you know that Angela was born male because there's this shot at the end of the movie where you see the male genitalia yeah, on so Angela. At the, at the end of the movie, the two camp counselors, and we've had a bunch of people die, and I think we should definitely go back and talk about some of oh, those yeah. kills. But Worth they're, 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 At the end of the movie, there's a bunch of people dead. The cops are finally on, on at the camp, yeah. and the super buff counselor... And the complaint department, Susie, stumble across what it, what appears to be Angela with from behind, with Paul and his head in her lap, kind of laying there, like not not face down, like kind of like he'd be laying on his side. And she's like petting him. And then as we zoom in, we realize Paul is dead. They're both naked, and Angela gets up and makes this insane face, and it is full frontal penal prosthetic nudity. Yeah, uh, just staring at yeah. you. You were like. What? And it's... Angela, first thing in the movie, it also appears, Angela, it was Angela eating Paul? Because she's like covered in his blood and it's kind of like around her like neck. She looks area. almost possessed. Yeah. It was very demonic. Like the way she's like looking at the camera and them. And she may have eaten it, I don't know, but she has like yeah. some blood around her mouth maybe. But it makes, it, it's just so like out of left field because, okay, people are teasing her. 
fine. But she's never, like, angry in the movie. Like, she's never, yeah. like, she never has that look, like, ah, oh, I'm gonna get you. And then they really just kind of throw this whole gender swap uh, yeah. thing with the ant at the end as, like, a wild card. But also to, like, kind of, you know, obviously, in hindsight, we look at it now and be like, that's that's pretty transphobic. Like that's it's, it's super clearly, transphobic. Yeah, I was trying to think of like other movies where like that had worse transphobia, and the only one I could think of was Silence of the Lambs, where Buffalo Bill is like uh, his yeah. trans uh, behavior right. is like deliberately supposed to be scary, yeah. and in this movie, it's supposed to be extra scary because she's a boy, not a girl. Right. So they're um, they're seen as the other, but it, they're made to be like a monster, and that's yeah, what's a, that's yeah. what's problematic in this movie. Because yeah, there's this twist, it's shocking, but then you think more about it, you're like, okay. So we <laughs> have this trans person at the end who's yeah. revealed to be trans, and against her will, kind of like yeah, a forced trans. But, but then she's this like demonic creature monster who is killing people. But don't really explain why, or it's not explained why, but the only reason you could think she's killing people is because she's trans, apparently. Yeah. So, like, it, it's certainly yeah. problematic in that sense. Yeah. Um, there, but before we get to the end, there's, like, a couple really good scenes we got to get back to. Yeah. Uh, the second near molestation in this movie happens. Why is kinda, there so much molestation? Right, so much molestation or almost molestation because yeah. randomly Meg goes to the camp counselor, like, hey, or the camp owner, like, hey, who's, like, 60 70 yeah, i don't know he's yeah, old and is like uh, i got my night off tonight he's like okay and then she's like how about that dinner promised me you you like at your house and he like lights up and you're like oh because she's yeah. like 16 years old she's got yeah and he's an old man and she goes back to her camp bunk and is like i got i got dinner tonight and it's a surprise she's like bragging about the fact that she's gonna be molested or molested and then she goes but bunkhouse is full bunch of girls trying to shower she has to go to another bunkhouse, and our mystery killer stabs her through the stall and then runs the knife, like, all the way up her back. Yeah. And, of course, the camp counselor, like, later finds it. He was like, oh, my God. Like, it's another – the one thing I will say about this movie is, like, they really did, like, a textbook suspense build in the kill scenes. And then they had to have spent, like, 50 of their budget on, like, the makeup effects yeah. that they did on the people they killed. Because they were always, like, super over to the top and kind of shocking. Yeah, so despite the problems I had with sort of the trans, you know, phobic issues here. But I thought the kill scenes and the death scenes were pretty um, creative and pretty entertaining to a degree. You, you do see sort of a, a variety. Yeah. And, and I feel like they're, like, trying different things out. Um, and despite, like, the low budget, I think, you know, they did a pretty good job with creating these suspenseful yeah. scenes that are, you know, watchable. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of shit goes haywire at the end of the movie, yeah. But too. real quick, though, back to Meg. The one thing that I actually did like about the movie is that usually with the shower scene, you see, like, this gratuitous nudity with a female. But there wasn't any of that with her, which I was like, okay, so they're actually doing something a little different here. Interesting fact, unlike a lot of movies at the time, the the kids in the movie were actually like adolescents. Mm. So I don't, I think legally, I don't think you can, even if you're saying like, Oh, it's a high school sex scene or whatever. I yeah. don't, you can't put someone that's under 18, like un naked on screen, Yeah, which is also at the end. I'm like, Oh my God. Like they just put a boy's penis on the screen. Yeah. And, uh, it's the Angela character is played by a female. So it's obviously a prosthetic. Yeah. So maybe that's how you get around yeah. that there. But yeah, there there isn't this gratuitous nudity, um, but it might have been for legal reasons. If so anything, like there's more yeah. focus on the male body in this movie. Yeah, like, when, definitely. Like, like there's this scene where a bunch of the dudes like get undressed and go skinny dipping. You uh -huh. see their butts. Like I mean, it's definitely yeah. more. And then you not see, to not to mention everybody's in these just super tight shorts. So it's like moose knuckle central at this camp. <laughs> camp moose knuckle like holy cow yeah the other fun thing i learned about this movie yeah. is what that is jane krakowski yes yeah that was the other jenna thing from 30 rock was supposed I to know. be judy how funny would that be yeah especially because she's she is such like a uh, kind of person on 30 rock you could see yeah. her being that oh oh my god and on kimmy schmidt she's yeah. excellent she kind of plays a similar character but yeah I, we we have to talk about the judy hiding the boy in her room scene which is just so aggressive like yeah she's making out with this boy in her room she's skipping there's another mixer she's skipping the mixer to make out with this boy in her room and the camp counselor who's looking for his molestation date who's dead in a stall comes into the bunkhouse and is like and right before he gets there judy's like 
to the boy she's making out with is like, get out of the bed. Judy like lies her way out of it, tells the camp counselor like, oh yeah, I'm just tired. I didn't want to go to the thing. And uh, oh yeah, she took a shower in the other building. And the boy gets up and he's like, oh wow, that was really close. I'm going to go. I don't want to get in trouble. And she just berates him. She's like, yeah. you whip. Like she starts calling him all sorts of names. You're just like, damn woman. Like Judy does not suffer fools. She knows what she wants. She is going <laughs> to tell you and demand it. And she does not waste her time. Yeah. On... <laughs> the the other thing oh, that boy. got, so a couple other madness things that happened around that time. The camp counselor is very upset that he doesn't get to molest a 16 year old and have a date with her at his house. Uh, there's a camp counselor that's like supervising a bunch of boys that are camping like oh, near yeah. the water. And yeah. there's probably like, I don't know, eight of them. And two of them are like, we want to go home. So he just leaves the others yeah. he leaves a whole bunch of kids unsupervised so he can take the other two back come back they're bunch dead of them die. they're all the the bat the sleeping bags are all bloody yeah um yeah. and the other thing that happens at this point is the cop shows up who like he's the same age as the camp counselors but to sell him as being older he has the worst mustache i've ever <laughs> seen it looks like he has two pieces of like black yeah. electrical tape on his lip line and that's his mustache yeah I, uh, that's probably what my mustache would look like if I could actually grow one. It would yeah. just be really sad like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of amusing is that Angela, the actress that plays Angela, she can just stare for what seems like minutes. I don't know if she blinks once in this movie. Yeah. When she just, you know, is looking at someone, someone's talking to her and she doesn't respond. She just like gives him a blank stare and the camera just focuses on her for a while. She will just look and look without, have you noticed that? No blinking. I actually focused in on it at one point. I was like, wait, she's in a blink, right? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it, it did not, uh, it, I did not notice it, but um, yeah, she's certainly um, stoic in this movie. Yeah, she, she's, yeah. Which is so weird at the end when she turns and she's like all bloody. She, <sighs> she makes this like crazy, like, like she's a cannibal kind of face. Right. But like the whole rest of the movie, she's pretty much expressive list except for this these big kind of doe-eyed stares yeah. that she throws everybody's direction so this movie has become a cult movie in the horror world yeah. um why do you think that is i don't know i think it's you know a lot of it's because of the twist so yeah. you so there is one scene i wanted to ask you about because obviously i i knew what the twist was when i watched this time so i was around so i was looking for it i think it's when judy is in the uh like when she's in the bunkhouse kind of it's either right before it's, it's right after the boy leaves that she's mad when the camp counselor comes by and there's a silhouette of whoever kills judy and she ends up the the person that comes in and kills judy you know snuffs her out with a pillow or angela comes in and kills judy snuffs her out with a pillow and then takes a hair straightener to her to kill her yeah um they show Angela's figure from the front but it's very like kind of dark and it's very deliberate to look like ambiguous like is it a boy is it a girl yeah. is it Angela is it maybe Ricky because another thing that's going on in this movie is that the camp owner is convinced that Ricky is doing the killings to the point oh, yeah. that he that he first Ricky is running to try to help Angela while a bunch of kids are going to try to throw her in the water yeah. total safety hazard he's mad at Ricky for trying to go help yeah. because he thinks Ricky is trying to kill her but and the worst part is then he like pins him down at one point beats the crap out of he him. starts smacking him left and right. I mean, this guy yeah. should not be running any yeah. camp for children. He's so problematic. Too. Yeah, and he just doesn't care that he has pedophiles working in his rank because he is also a pedophile. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. back to the scene with Judy. Did you realize that was Angela? Because you can see her face in the doorway, but it's deliberately unclear. Like, at, oh, at any funny, point, huh? were you suspicious that it actually was Angela? I thought it was Angela from the beginning, but oh, okay. um, yeah. Uh, I it's just kind of the pointless twist that yeah, is. Yeah. And that's, to, to your question, I think that's um, that's why this movie's so popular is because even it, you, maybe it feels like the killer's broadcast to you the whole time, but the whole secret gender identity thing, yeah. that is definitely not something that anybody sees coming. And the movie just ends there. There's not a single word of dialogue after we see her crazy face. It just zooms in on it, credit rolls. This movie's also a tight, like, 88 minutes long yeah i'll give it that yeah. i mean you don't waste a lot of time watching it it, it, it goes yeah. fairly quickly so, so yeah i, I, I agree I, I think it's, it's a twist uh what, what are you is there yeah anything else i, I you think, think i think it's the twist too it's yeah. not like the plot is anything innovative you know this came out a little bit after jason i think yeah because jason comes the, out in 1980 which is certainly kind of campy yeah. looking back but like that movie's scary like there's no jump scares in this movie 
Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, there's definitely, you know, some humor and stuff. But I think, again, what, what makes this movie a cult movie, I, I agree. I think it's more so that the big twist. shocker of a twist, yeah. which I think is, again, so messed up yeah, and problematic. So messed up. But like, then you think of the movie, I guess, you know, as a product of its time. And, yeah. you know, there was, I guess, less discussion about this and perhaps, like, the detrimental yeah. portrayal of, of, yeah. of a trans person this way. And Definitely I think we're a little bit more enlightened now about those issues. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so t- the questions that we always end with, was it scary? No. Easy. No, this movie's not scary. But would you tell people to see it? <sighs> I, Man, see, I think boring. it's fun. Yeah. Like, I've seen it three or four times now. And the the when you know what's coming... You know, for, well, first of all, that first twist the first time is a fun gotcha. Like, whoa! Yeah. Like, as problematic as it is, as kind of pointless and unconnected to anything else, like that really matters as far as character motivation yeah. as it is. It does get you. Like, yeah. that definitely surprises it you. Was certainly and then surprising. it's like a silly kind of fun popcorn horror movie with some really crazy special effects on the kills so and again like the characters some of them are just pure evil yeah and it's i think it's entertaining so i don't think it was scary but i would recommend it yeah it's entertaining i would cautiously recommend it (laughs) yeah i'm not like totally on board but yeah i I think again the movie does certain things well um and then there's just so many messed up parts so many messed up but uh yeah it's it's different it's definitely a different movie and from what i read there's a i think three or four sequels that all look pretty terrible any of them Um, yeah Yeah. i i don't plan on it either (laughs) but yeah this is certainly a memorable movie um and Bringing back my uh, famous segment that was so well received, <laughs> Scare Are They Now? Oh, oh you got one from this movie? Yeah. Okay. So, because Aunt Martha is. Wait, it's Martha? You were definitely saying Margaret, right? Did earlier, I say Margaret? And I just started saying Margaret because you were saying oh. Margaret. <laughs> Rule number one never listen to yeah, me. Good to know. And I, don't well, bank on what I'm saying. We don't accurate. need to do corrections for the next episode because uh, we're, doing we're doing it now. We're doing it here, and I take no fault for this one. I just followed your lead. So, Aunt Martha. Yes. <laughs> Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> uh, so. She is just, I think, the most iconic character in this movie. The actress that plays Aunt Martha is Desiree Gold, who didn't do many more movies after um, uh, Sleepaway Camp. In fact, she became a real estate agent after this movie. Maybe she was just like, you know what? That took a lot out of me, or I just wasn't feeling this, or I would want to do something different. Regardless, she got into real estate, has been doing real estate since the end of this movie, um, she recently got back into acting, but she's currently licensed in New York and Florida. Her <laughs> name is Desiree Gold. I think it's Gould, right? G O U G O U L D. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you um, think she sells houses the way she sells? Hey, I'm going to change your gender identity. <laughs> like, oh, what did I mean to do before we leave? Lock the door. And then she like look off in the distance. And, I like, tied <laughs> a string on my finger so I wouldn't forget. Yes. By the way, is that a thing that people do to remember something? Like in, tying a string, like in the 1950s. But what does that even? How does it even indicate what you're trying to remember? Like, it, I think. So it's just like, supposed okay. to be, I'm supposed to remember something. Like, oh, why is this string but on my finger? But how is it helpful? Because there could be 20 things. You're just, just write the damn thing down. I or think like, that's why people don't do it anymore. Maybe. But Martha does. And I guess it worked for her. Yeah. And that's what's funny is that now looking back at the whole physical form scene, it all makes sense as to yeah. why Aunt Martha doctored the physical forms yeah. to send the kids to camp because Angela is biologically a boy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But so yeah, I guess that's sleepaway camp. So that you, is you would camp. you would reluctantly tell people to see it. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. Yeah, it's just so silly and as problematic as it is. Like in in 2018, I I, I just able to look at that and go, wow, that's really insensitive and wrong. Yeah. But it's so dumb that it's not even really effective. So it, it becomes yeah, you know, it it's yeah. It is what it is. No, I, I agree with that. But um, that's all I got on Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. Um, yeah, so don't forget, look us up on Instagram. That's the best way to figure out what we're doing, what's coming next, what we're up to. Yeah, and leave um, us comments. If you are liking something, if you want us to maybe focus on a movie, if you have any recommendations or tips, we're all ears. Let us know. Absolutely. Um, and thanks for listening. Take it easy. Good night. Chips? 
Why, of course. I believe there's a whole bag. <laughs>